Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello listeners, Nick Hayes here with you from Media Stable. Now, I learned that lesson to say listeners from Carmen Braidwood on her last reel. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Carms. Except you've got it wrong. Am I so, not meant to say listeners? Don't say listeners, say listener, singular. You're speaking to one person oh, at all times. See, I wasn't doing my job properly. You didn't. Oh. Maybe I didn't do a good enough job no, of you, communicating you the message didn't. in the reel. Oh, no, because I was reading it and I wasn't listening to it. That was the mistake. I'm yeah. reading and thinking that I'm getting what I wanted mm. and I got it wrong. There you go. It's all right. It's not the first time. How are you, Carms? <laughs> I'm pretty well, thank you. How now, are you? Now, before we get out into our exciting guests here, um, mm. you've had a little rebrand. You've had a little name change, I understand. What, what are we calling you now? Well, I'm a modern media trainer. Correct. Because I train you in things that are digital as well as traditional in That's the media sense. That's what you should sense. call yourself. A modern media trainer. Yeah. That's right. And my one-on-one offering is now known as modern media performer instead of just confidence on camera because yeah. it's so much more than that. It is so much more. I was going to say something to you, but obviously you've, you've worked that out and Thank you're you. off and firing. Well oh, done. I, I, like, I like how you just left me to figure it out on my own, little pad one learner. <laughs> well, no, no, I didn't. I was just going, I reckon that's a great move. Well done to you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we're going to talk communications. We're going to talk PR. We're going to talk investor relations. Mm. And uh, I thought, well, 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 let's get in. Uh, white noise communications business, the founder, the owner, the MD, Amelia Shrews. And if I've said that no, name right, no, no, no. I've, I've it. butchered that as well. Yeah. Okay, Amali, Amali, Amali Shrews. Hi, Nick. How are you going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure Do you want to here. critique Nick's performance too? Well, no. I have a great tip for you, Carmen. Mm. Repurposing content. Repurposing content. Yeah. Nick didn't hear it the first time, so it's a great real another way to do it, like a tile or something else on social media. So I love that. Always repurposing content, getting that messaging out there for people to understand whether it's a client or an investor. So that's what we focus on. Spot on. And you know what? Have a sort of not the greatest uh, MC or the greatest controller of the the interview make mistakes so that you can re-emphasise the mistakes that have been made. Because that's what we end up listening to. Oh, what was it? Oh, okay, great. Yeah, mistakes are okay. Absolutely. And we've had our first lesson in content creation, communications. Now, Nick hinted at something here. You know, white noise communications in the investor relations scene, in the publicly listed company scene is quite well known, but maybe not you, Amali. Yes. Would you say it's maybe fair to say that you've been hiding behind your brand until now? Absolutely. So White Noise Communications has been around for six years, um, founded by myself, and now we've got a team of 15 and we've just recently appointed a new senior associate to our team, Fraser Beatty. Um, Up until recently, about 18 months ago, we had a massive focus on building our client stories. So clients are what comes first for White Noise and listening to them and what's really important to them and getting their messaging out there. So when I set out to start my business and, and founded it, a piece of advice was given to me, Amali, if you do really good work, people will find you. And we actually didn't even have a website up until 18 months ago. Oh, get out. No. 
Are you joking? No, not at all. (laughs) Ironically, a communications company that couldn't be found. But we were turning away client leads almost every single day because people were seeing our work and they were trying to find out who we were and what we were doing. So this is the classic sort of, you know, chef that goes home, eats bacon and eggs for dinner. He doesn't cook up that sort of, you know, five hat or two hat meal sort sort of thing. You've... You're focusing too much on your clients, not enough on you. What's turned that around? Why are you doing it now? Well, actually, it was really about the team. So what I realised, we had built this amazing company that people wanted to be part of and they wanted a sense of ownership. They wanted to walk away at the end of the day, Nick, and go, I work for White Noise and yep. be really proud of it. So one of our, um, our actual design lead, Oscar, led that. He came to me one day and he said, I think we should deploy this website. So we actually had a website sitting there for a really long time. It just wasn't up to my standard. But I don't get it because it uh, comes, you know, it's, it's like we don't actually take on experts unless they've got a website mm. or they've got a presence there to find them because the number one thing they do, once they've heard your name and when they've heard your name correctly, um, they look to the website. Absolutely. So that is absolutely correct. But we were just really <laughs> fortunate that we were working with such a great calibre of clients and – our the services that we're providing and what we were doing was really telling our story. So, right. you know, obviously that's kind of contradicting what you're saying there, but it was actually mm. just really important to us and built our client base amazingly. Oh, look, and the amount of people you meet who will say, you know, the website and the Instagram and all the things that you think you need to start a business yep. are really just window dressing. If you've got customers and they're paying you money, you've got a business. Mm. So you have done it that way. Um, I really want to pick on something Amali said there, Nick. Did you hear it? You said something along the lines of it wasn't up to my standard. Do you feel like there's been a connection to perfection that's held you back from putting Absolutely. your brand out? There? Absolutely. So that that is self-led. So the moment that perception, um, I guess, shifted from what I wanted to what my team wanted, that's when it became actually really important. Um, and that, you know, when we talk about white noise and, you know, Nick gave me a great intro talking about myself as the founder and managing director – but it's actually a team effort. So my the, the work that we do and the high quality work that we put out is really about my team. So having that website showcases them and yeah, gives them that sense of belonging. And that's really important and core to me because they all have relationships with our clients and that's such a core part of what we do. I'm still falling over the fact that you have been around for six years and only 18 months ago, you put up a website. Yeah. I mean, credit to you. I think, you know, and referral, we're all about referral business, businesses mm. and let your business lead the way. Let it be the the case study, the shining light, but not to have, I mean, I think we should actually, I think this is quite an interesting examination if you'll allow us, Amali, because someone like myself, maybe if we did a compare the pair between Amali and I, right? I, I made my website when I was still working in a full-time job in radio. Yeah. I didn't even know what my business was going to be yet, but I put the website up. You know, so there's some people out there who can feel quite comfortable in the knowledge that their personal brand is going to lead what they do. Mm. And there are others. And I wonder if it's a humility thing, whether it's an Australian thing, a fear of being viewed as a tall poppy kind of a thing where you've really overtly put your work ahead Mm. of your personal brand for a long time. And Carmen and I have had a chat about this quite a lot, I guess, off camera, and I've done personal coaching with Carmen. So the conversation around that is a little bit of that tall poppy or what will other people think. And that was really um, because I'm most probably not the traditional model of an IR person sitting right here, Nick. Yeah, I get it. I, I'm not in my mid-50s and I'm not male. We'll put it out mm. there. Yeah. And uh, especially I, in the mining space. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it, it is unique. It is unusual. But you know what? That They need your help more than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to prove that work, that that space first. I guess I wanted to be able to stamp my position in the market yep. by 
producing work that really reflected what we were capable of before they actually, you know, I guess, judged a book by its cover. So that really helped us position ourselves. And then, you know, talking back to not taking it off me, but I wanted to talk back. It's not the advice that we give our clients though, because we're talking about media here today. Mm. And one of the things that's most important is if our clients are approached by media, what are we doing before that opportunity? So they yeah. should absolutely have a website yeah. because that's important to them, their yeah. investor story. So different to, to what I would do as, you know, personally my own business. Well, spot yeah. on because from an investor relation perspective, you know, you're looking to attract people to invest in businesses that are, are looking for your help to tell their story and tell it better. Um, without a website, without that credibility that comes with it, it's not there. Mm. I love that. I'm, I'm beginning to warm to this whole angle of not actually having mm. that presence there. And you're almost the unknown. You're the unknown in that, and you obviously have been for a while because I've got to admit I didn't know. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I want to find out more now. Yeah, we've had that a lot. I had, yeah. I had a client approach me once that was like, I just want to actually sign up with you. Because I feel like I don't know, you're so elusive. And it was it was kind of awkward. I was like, but you don't know anything about me yet. How about we meet for a coffee? Because mm. also that's, you know, really important to me is before a client decides that they want to engage us and use yeah. white noise as a company, actually meeting them in person and checking that we're the right fit. Oh, the crazy things. Meeting them. I know. Seeing them <laughs> in Unders- person. Understanding their objectives and what they're trying to achieve even as an investment or listed company. Yeah. You know, quite often that question gets forgotten. What's your objective in the market? Why, why are you here and what are you trying to achieve? So how did you respond to that, Amali, in that the, the person's actually asking you, well, who are you? Why do you do what you do when you don't actually actively put yourself out there? Because let's look at all the other businesses that are out there. Mm-hmm. My business included. We yep. showcase yep. all of our successful stories, who we are, what we do, how we do it. We feel that we need to do it. Is it because you've done it differently or haven't followed others that you feel that – this, is, this was the way to go. Well, the amazing opportunity that we had was working with those listed companies that were front and centre for other people. Sure. So we were able to showcase our work through what they do without having to build our, our presence first. So yep. that's the way that we were able to achieve that. So, mm. yeah, And that thus creating the most chronic case of FOMO among listed companies <laughs> going around. Well, really again, good. Well, man, that's spot on though yeah. because I think even just recently we've uh, brought on a few uh, members of Media Stable that have asked current members – how are you getting all that media? Where is that coming from? Mm. And they're not in competing businesses, so they just say, hey, go and have a chat over there to Media Stable. And it's like, okay, we haven't actively even met this person or know what they do, but then they've found out via the case studies, probably the way we should be doing business in the first place by demonstrating our successes and then letting that flow on. Well, Well done to you. Thank you. Well it's done. a pretty successful business. And last year I was lucky enough to be invited to the opening celebration launch of your Subiaco premise. How long have you been in there now? Uh, coming up to 18 months at Christmas. It is, right. Yeah. So you really were fresh in there. Uh, much like here at Media Stable, you've got, you know, built-in studio set up. It's a really impressive environment. We've done some training there for your clients with the confidence on camera thing. Now modern media performer, quite right, Nick. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, what, what was the thinking behind building that purpose-built environment for your team? Yeah, so it comes back to... Um, providing the resources for our clients to allow them to succeed. So obviously we're here to talk about media. And oh, we will. Yeah. yeah. And, and Getting us back on track here. Yeah. Good work. And, well done, you. And, <laughs> and I guess when Carmen called me out about this opportunity, at first I was like, media for our junior listed company. We spend a lot of time telling our clients, it's really hard, focus your energy somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. 
and that's no lack to the media or no no you know fault to the journalists that are in in the market. It's just a, there's less journalists, mm. less amounts of space in the newspaper, less amount of time on the radio or the um you know the television. You got it. So how do we shift that mentality for them? And we started to talk about you know a real focus for the clients on company created content and those pieces to build their own story and their own narrative around the place. Yes. And the way that I see that's really critical and key is they're the breadcrumbs that when you have your two minutes of fame and when you get your your piece, when you have that amazing story and the hook and the journalists are mm. calling you up and wanting you in the paper, you've actually got this amazing platform for them, you know, whoever's reading it or hearing about your story to actually find out more about you as a company. Yeah. And so that's just where, you know, traditional media plays in a bigger part of what we do with our clients. And yeah. so that's building your own story, your own narrative, using our studio to build your own content for your own social media channel um, and then having our clients, you know, build on those skills and having Carmen come in and, you know, work with our clients in those workshops. We do small workshops, four to six clients and Carmen about half days. Yeah, that's right. Um, with Carmen learning the tips and then using the studio. So they've got that confidence. And so they actually know what to say and what to do when the moment comes. I love it. I love it because you're going to have your moment in time. And when you talk about junior miners, there'll be a few junior miner companies that are listening to this. And also to those that uh, run businesses or look after businesses that may not be that sexy, that popular, that newsworthy. Mm. And the thing is, you don't have to wait for the print, the radio, the television media, the online media to come to you. Start building the media assets there in front of you. And when you do get your moment in, in to shine, mm. then you've got all those resources in the background for you. I love it. It's a great idea. Because at the end of the day, you don't have to be on the front page of the West for 80,000, 90,000 people to see. No. You just need those 30 investors that Absolutely. are very keen to um, you know, follow your story or become part of your story. And and get there, gee, you guys Good, are huh? on. You're on to something here. This white noise works. <laughs> now, why white noise? Oh, white noise. Um, so originally, my maiden name was White, and so I had I had a name which was very much like Carmen. Well, Carmen was a little bit more thought out than myself, where she's <laughs> like, "I've got a job, I've got to, to start my own business." I decided to start consulting, and someone said to me, "So you've got a company name, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." Mm-hmm. Went home, and I was like, "What's my company name?" <laughs> and my name name was White, and so I originally I had a name which was a White Design, and because in in actually in just graphic design was what I wanted to consult in at the start. And white is actually really important for people to understand. So the relief that white provides mm. in a design or on a page is mm. actually as important as the copy or the content that fills a page. Yep. And so it was all about this A white design and a philosophy that, you know, sat in core to me. Um, what I realised as I was going along was people were very focused on the fact that maybe we're only graphic design and we had this amazing growth where we had, you know, different um, resources and team members come into the team and the name didn't fit anymore. So we, we developed a white noise as in part of that growth journey and white noise is really about helping clients be seen in between the clutter. So, you know, white noise is seen as, you know, I guess a faux part like it's seen as negative but also positive Mm. but it can also be really positive it can be soothing it can really help you out and the whole concept is you know still playing on that development of the company of where we've come come from and where we are today yeah, definitely. And, and, and making noise is the very heart of communications, isn't it? Absolutely. So it can have multiple meanings. Absolutely. So what are the clients you're working with? You just mentioned junior miners. Are you working with other businesses, other corporates out there? Um, we do specialise in mainly the junior space. It's yep. something that I'm personally really passionate about. Where did that come from? Well, just opportunity. So yep. um, my background is actually studied science at university first. Yep. Um, left university during the iron ore boom. Wanted to wear a suit and work in the city. 
Yeah. <laughs> no idea why. I think I was just sick of working in a, chem- um, a medical lab, not the most glamorous place. And I saw some people one day in the city and I was like, I want to be them. Nice. I want to be that. Um, so I got a job and I was working in a, in a research team, um, you know, very much in a kind of a corporate access role for six years um, with juniors. So just by accident, had no idea in my early 20s what that meant. Um, spent a couple of years out of the space and, and got invited back to work and run that internal IR for a listed company, which was called Papillon Resources, under yep. the guidance of a wonderful MD called Mark Connolly. And that was most probably when my passion really built. Um, Papillon had a project called the Focola Project, which is was acquired by a gold major in West Africa. And it's going to it's going on to be most probably the largest project, a gold project in West Africa um, in the coming years with its resources and its growth. And being really up close and personal and having that opportunity to work very close with the management and part of those decisions. There was two sides. Internally, it's amazing to be part of those opportunities and those decisions that see something that of that scale. Mm. And also the opportunity to protect shareholder value. So one of the things that was really core and that was always reminded to us from our MD was we're there for the shareholder's value. So every decision that you make when you're working in a listed company really leads back to how do you deliver shareholder value and how do you protect their money? And that was, you know, I guess very a personal um, aspect as well that I learned through there because people might have $1,000 in a company that they think is their life savings and absolutely is. It's really important to look after those people as, mm. as important it is to look after the people that have got, you know, 20% of your company. Yeah. Everybody plays a part and they've all given you their money as part of an investor story. And it's your job as custodian to do the right thing for that. Ugh. So nice. it's very emotional. And so I actually I can see it really in love I can working see it with in juniors. You, you and are getting emotional the, about it. Yeah. It? But there's an opportunity where these people have believed in you when you're at your smallest size. Yeah. And now you have this opportunity just to take it on an amazing journey. And the, the good thing is the stories. The thing that's blown me away about the clients that you've introduced me to that you work with is that they are doing truly good things. Absolutely. That are very worthy. That yep. make me feel like my media career till now has been to naught and I should be working more on these very meaningful projects. But that also comes down to audience, doesn't it? At the end of the day, you're, you're producing and creating stories for an audience that has the purpose of investing, putting money in in that place where it it's not always going to be the case with mainstream media. And, mm. I, and I know the agony that you will go through to try and get a junior minor up there. And mm. for everyone else that's listening uh, to the listener today Mm, Uh, if you're listening right now if you're listening right now and you're in that situation and you're struggling to get your story out there because it doesn't have that x factor or it doesn't have that element of oh you know someone you know mr and mrs smith needs to read this right now Yeah, or it doesn't have gorgeous pictures or the things that get the press pretty much me uh calms yeah not so gorgeous so it's it's the kind of thing it's hard to get it out there and Absolutely. it is a challenge. And I think if you're creating and building content there, then you've just got to fit it for the audience at the other end. And, mm. I, and I like where you're going with that. Um, it, this is, I, I suppose, from a junior minor perspective then, um, and you wanting, you know, sort of going through down St. George's Terrace, wanted that job sort of thing. Have you just sort of fell into this? Or do you think that you've 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 actually built up to to create this because your your business is impressive i've gone away and had a look the size and the kind of businesses that you are working with have you just mistakenly fallen into this or was this all structured and uh, and strategically designed definitely not structured <laughs> and definitely feels like a blur 
Yeah. Carmen knows I have a three-year-old. So a lot of this growth actually happened during a really critical period of sleep deprivation. Right. <laughs> so sometimes I come into the office and I look back and I'm like, I can't remember when this all happened. Yeah. <laughs> but they all play a part and they're so critical and important to the success of the company. Um, it, it does become more strategic now. So whilst I'll say it... Um, it did just happen. At the same time, there's most probably parts, like I'm a very strategic thinker. So that science background is something that I have learned is nothing is ever really by accident. Mm. Whilst I sometimes feel like it is, I've most probably processed and thought about three steps ahead of where I am before I've actually got there. I've just, that's how my mind works. It processes things very quickly. So a lot of these opportunities and, and parts in the space, I mean, when I started my business six years ago, you know, it, the market wasn't very strong. No. And I remember having a chat with one of my other friends that was in the space and he said, you need to build a really core client base now because when the market turns, you'll be able to capitalise on that. So again, sure. that came back to focus on, on doing really good work with really good people and building that story to be able to maximise on the market when it turns. And do you think any business, and there are many business owners listening to this podcast, do you think any business needs to do that in the early stages? And me being, you know, myself included, you've, you've sometimes got to make decisions about what you will focus on and what you won't. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people from my experience of having a look at them, spend too much time thinking about the ins and outs of the plan and what that looks like. When sometimes you start going, again, one of my other great mentors, I sat there and I said to her one time, maybe I should do a plan now. And she said to me, but no, don't look back, just keep looking forward. Because Mm. sometimes once you start to get the momentum, if you start to try and structure that obviously we do have plans in place and and we know you know what the company is kind of looking like but if you if you stop to try and reflect on that too heavily you're starting to look back and you forget to look forward so you need to look forward and look at the next opportunity for where you can grow and what you can do i love the fact that you started the business six years ago when junior mining was struggling Mm. um it was hurting did you think then at that time that maybe another industry or maybe another focus another group that you might go after because that couldn't have been easier. You just only had to look down West Perth to see mm. the, the amount of junior miners that had you know, had lost their leases, had got out or had lost businesses. They, they, they basically fell over. Yeah, I was probably pretty naive, to be honest. But that, <laughs> might, that might be to your advantage. I mean, to, 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 to actually, you know, be adventurous and to go into yeah. it, you've, you've actually, you've won. You've Sli- won their hearts and minds. Slightly naive, Nick, going into that. I had, a, I, had a, I had no savings and a laptop that had to be plugged into the wall to work. Yes. <laughs> but I had a dream and a passion. And, I, and again, that core belief that was said to me, if you do really good things, people will come. Yeah. So I just re- that was the thing that I focused on and fail- failure was never an option. It was success um, and to grow. So again, trying not to look at what could go wrong and just focus on what could go right. Amali, I love that attitude mm. and I love that energy that you bring because it is what is your success. And that attitude, I think for a lot of businesses and business owners out there, they've got that. I think they've got it in them. Sometimes they forget that it's their calms because, yeah. you know, you feel sometimes, oh, the world is on top of you. But, you know, why did you get into it in the first place? And where did that energy and passion come from? Yeah, and you've really got to find moments to tap back into that. And I think what Amali's pointing out here too is that people like to work with people. And yeah. whether you're showing who that person is on the internet or through face-to-face meetings and coffees, you've still got to get that person out there. Otherwise, the relationships that make businesses happen aren't going to be formed. So now you are embarking on stepping out from behind the White Noise brand and saying, hi, I'm Amali, I'm the founder of White Noise. What's the response been? It's amazing. People get really excited. People get excited to meet me. And you feel bad saying that even then, didn't you? <laughs> I it's okay. It's okay to say that. 
they get it and and they're fascinated by my story. And I think that is the time where I have the self-reflection more so because, again, Nick said he's looked me up and I am quite humble. I think, oh, gosh, um, you know, I just focus on, on delivering. I don't quite often pause to look at it. My parents Googled me recently and they said, there's lots of things about you on the internet. And I said, oh, yes. I said, what do you think I do? And they said, oh, we weren't really sure. But, yeah, you employ people. Wow. Yes, I do. Um, And I guess that's kind of humbling where they they hear me talk about it, but I guess they didn't really know what I did. Um, But, yeah, when you sit down and, you you know, obviously as the company has grown, I've had these amazing opportunities to be uh, exposed to, I guess, people that are in very, I guess, senior positions uh, in companies that are much larger than our juniors at times. And when they talk to me about it, all of a sudden you start to realise that, you know, yeah, we have actually really gone on this journey um, and I, I was at the helm of that leading the mm. team and you know it's pretty exciting to be have, have done that and junior miners they become big miners absolutely so they're only junior for mm. you know a certain period of time although the classification and how long they are yeah. you know that'll all depend on their success but you know telling the story it's such an important thing and I think I think a lot of businesses out there don't get help or support uh, in their storytelling mm. and sometimes they think they can do it on their own and I, I would just say, just take a moment, just step back and then see, look around you and, and ask around who is doing it particularly well and, you know, who could help me and support me to do what I'm doing here. So a really good point there is that, uh, you know, you've got to ask who's doing it well in your business and mm. or in your industry and can they help me tell my story better? And so, go on. Sorry. And then internally, Nick, it's really important that they actually stop and reflect what's your objective and who's your audience? Because yeah. when you go on that journey from junior to mid-cap to a major, that audience and that objective really changes. So yep. you could absolutely be a junior that's looking to be acquired by a major because that's the best thing for your shareholders. Sure. But you could also be a junior that has a large amount of capital to raise to become yep. a developer. Um, but also along the journey, your, I guess, risk rating changes. So your audience changes. So you need to understand those things. They go hand in hand and they come back to how you communicate and the messaging that you're putting out there and what you're putting out there. And that applies to all businesses that are listening to this right now, Mm. whether you're junior miners or whether you're in the corporate world, understand your audience, know that journey and that travel, that pathway, because if you get to understand that and know what that looks like, you're going to deliver good results. You're going to deliver what they're after. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day is audience, isn't it? Absolutely. All right, let's put you into your happy place. Let's talk <gasps> about the success stories that happy you've place. got uh, for your clients. Uh, so talk to, about, talk to us about the traditional media. When you have been able to use traditional media, what kind of stories have cut through? Oh, there's been there, there's been some good case studies. No, I'm not going to talk about directly about company names here, mm. but <laughs> that's okay. You know, the return of impact at times, and and this is hopefully not going off, you know, to a tangent from what you guys are about, but. We've run some really great media campaigns. We've got large amount of exposure for our clients, but it hasn't necessarily translated to what sometimes clients think is core as their share price movement. Mm. So it's reminding people, again, you know, it comes back to objective, which was talked about it in a different context, but objective, why are we chasing that media and what does that going, what is that going to bring back to you and, and your purpose of going on this journey, investing that time and energy into it? So it is about potentially exposure at times. It's about getting a broader audience. So sometimes I also work with clients on shifting their mentality away from focusing on a traditional media path. Mm. So traditional, sorry, traditional mining angle, for example, is one of our mining clients. Yeah, okay. And how, you know, EV is a massive topic at the moment. So how do you play into that EV story that sits Mm. in the market? So rather than just focusing on, you know, trying to get, um, we put, you know, five drill rigs on site and we're drilling, we've got these arrangements, you know, I've got a note here that reminds me there's 
2,103 listed companies on the ASX at the moment. So mm. you're such a small portion of that. If sure. the journalists are just writing that you mobilised a rig to go to site, what does that look like? No, we want to, you know, shift that. What's your hook? What's your key story with the media? How do you play into that EV, you know, revolution that's happening or evolution? Like, how are you part of that story? The green ESG component, what are you doing? How are you different to your peers? Just mention ESG at the moment, you're going to get media. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just one of those little catch cries at, at this point. But you're right. You're mentioning moving drills. Yeah. Mm. But, but as well, you amongst, what, 2,000 other listed companies, as mm-hmm. you just pointed out. So you, if, if you're telling a story and the listed company down the road can tell the same story and it still makes complete sense, it's the wrong story, mm, absolutely. Yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So you need yeah. to find that hook and that angle to get them excited. But it really comes back to our clients when we're talking about that media part in terms of having everything prepared for that opportunity as well. So once you only have that, I guess, for these companies, that one strike, you only have that one opportunity to be able to go out there and that that one angle that you can play because there's not, you know, even though it's multifaceted, there's not a lot of different angles. So how do we make sure that you're prepared for that? We do have to roll this up, but I went want... quickly, didn't it? It did go very quickly, <laughs> but I, I, I'd love one tip from you, Amalia. I would love a tip just for any businesses that are out there that are trying to maybe get out or get known or break through to their audience. What does you? What do you and your team, not, without not giving us all the secret sauce, but what do you and your team really, what, what do they do to, to, to get the results? Build really close relationships with your clients. Yep. So even when we're working up the chain and you kind of alluded to wanting me to talk about one of my big clients, so we work with clients right up into the majors, billions of dollars market caps. But having those core relationships with the senior people in there and really building those, I guess, you know, well, not so much personal relationships, but understanding what they want. So listening to them. And that yep. can only happen by engaging with them on a regular basis. So mm. relationships, regardless of your industry, are what help drive you and your success. So making sure that you understand what are, what's core and how how you really maximise that. Brilliant, brilliant. Who's easier to work with, the big ones or the little ones? I feel like that's a trick question. <laughs> no, no, it's just you could be honest with us. Is it the little one, little guys easier to work with or the big guys? The big guys are going to ride you hard, less hard, aren't they, in terms of um, No, I results? think <laughs> the answer to that is a managing director or CEO that wants to succeed are the ones that are easier to work with because they have a clear vision on what the company looks like. See, that's a good answer. Well I like that. I like that Diplomatic answer. response. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I'll, I'll speak honestly. Sometimes those with the small budgets yeah. are the most difficult because it's a big investment for them to do what they're doing. But mm. then from the opposite end, those with the big budgets expect a lot more or, you know, can ride you or think that they can ride you a little bit more. I'm mm. not suggesting that happens at all at Media Stable. <laughs> at all. Please don't think that at all. But, you know, different things. But I love that idea of of having good, strong relationships with the people that you work with, that's key. And a CEO who's motivated to see change or to get results, they're actually going to be coachable in my case or just will listen to your advice, you know, and actually do things that are required of them. All right, Amalia Shrews. Oh, dear me. Amalia Shrews, thank you Amalia so Shrews, much. Thank you, thank you very much, Carmen. I was almost there. White news, white noise <laughs> communications. Oh, God, white news communications. White noise communications. Well done. Thank you for joining us. If people want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? Uh, the website or. Thank God, way, God there's a website. Well, you could only get in contact with you on the website the last 18 months. I know, or, or via email. So my email is amali at whitenoisecoms.com, but also by the website. All our details are on there, which is whitenoisecoms.com. Thanks for joining us, Amali. And so Carmen, thank you for joining us. <laughs> well done, Nick. Well done. All right, and we look forward to having your company when we get another expert and another media in front of you. See you next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. 
If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.